recording, KP. Man, we are recording. Welcome, guys, to Project Mindset, episode 13. I am your host, Kevin Sturdivant, a.k.a. Coach Kevion. Welcome to the most uplifting podcast on the planet. What better message to bring to you guys this week than my good friend, AJ Fresh, the man behind hashtag lunch bag. This is an incredible movement, something that really did, didn't, I don't think these guys expected it to grow as, as big as it has grown in over a hundred cities now, flowing, feeding people. And the story is actually a lot more than just what's happened with hashtag lunch bag, but what AJ has done with the multiple different business that he's running. He also has the parlor on Melrose and he also has Hilltop. And one of the things that I've learned just from meeting AJ is that throughout his whole life of of really the changes that he's made in the last six years, it really has, has simply, in my eyes, and I think anybody who knows him, it has embodied what it means to create something that is outside of yourself. All of his businesses, they're all about giving, they're all about legacy, they're all about making a difference in the world. And on this episode, we really got a chance to to learn a lot about why that came about, because that's not how it always was. So I am so inspired to share with you my dude AJ's story, how this all happened. And we dive into some pretty cool principles of how do you how do you make a movement continue on? even when you're not there. So without further ado, and like always, thank you for sharing this message with your friends. Thank you for posting it. To teach is to learn twice. So as you're gaining something from this message, share it with the world. Teach it to your friends. Let's go ahead and get this party started, guys. Meet my dude, AJ Fresh. Well, between the different that you you rock between the parlor hilltop your marketing agency hashtag lunch bag so much of it is around living through giving right that's the nonprofit. i wanted to take a moment and just uh because now it's in over 100 cities mm-hmm. right we, we lost track how many people have been fed yeah but the values of what I was reading, I wanted to read it for some of the listeners. It says, hashtag lunch bag has become more than just a program that feeds the hungry in local communities. With handwritten love notes as our secret ingredient, we use bagged lunches as vessels to spread love, acknowledging the humanity of both the giver and the receiver. And there's four values. First is present. It says, we present an A to Z experience for our volunteers to contribute contribute their time to something fun and meaningful while connecting with friends both old and new and immediately seeing the fruits of their labor. I haven't read that in a while. That's pretty damn good. <laughs> next, <laughs> next, it says feel. Giving feels good, both for the giver and the receiver. Simply witnessing a random act of kindness uplifts the spirit of all parties involved. We are incrementally relentless in renewing these feelings with each and every meal we provide. Next is feed. We are feeding a different kind of hunger by providing a nourishing meal plus a love note to a person in need. Not only are we feeding them, we are feeding ourselves, feeding our souls, feeding the humanity inside each and every one of us. And then lastly, inspire. By sharing our good deeds, both online and offline, we have the power to inspire others to join us in experiencing what we get when we give, sending an exponential ripple throughout the universe. What? We're done. I'm going home. That's crazy to hear. I mean, you know, um, wow, I haven't haven't read that in a while. Pretty tight, dude. Yeah. Really inspired by it. And it's kind 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 of rad. Like, I think... When we met, we met randomly at a wedding. One of those weddings, my wife invited me to the wedding. She was doing makeup there. And I was like, damn, I'm not going to know anybody at this wedding. And uh, you were at the table. We hadn't met. 
And I think that was even before this started, because this started in 2012. Yeah, it like, did. It Actually, we met at a very, you just reminded me of that right before this, and it's crazy. So my girlfriend at the time, I believe, was friends with your wife. Yeah. And I didn't know anybody at that wedding either. And um, I was going through a. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, no, I didn't know. Oh, okay. I didn't know very many people. <laughs> I just was a. I was the plus one. Yeah. And um, it's interesting. Do you remember what month that was? I could go back to my Insta, but I feel like it might have been around October two thousand twelve. So that was dude. right in the middle of like a personal storm yeah. that I was weathering uh, personally, professionally, um, my family, with my businesses, with my girl. And, um, yeah, I was just, it was just dark. Right. It had been dark. It, it had been dark for a while. Why was that? Um, I had gone, you know, that, that year was 2012. I had gone through a pretty big, um, breaking apart in my life. Okay. No longer, you know, I'd started, you know, I, was, I had been in therapy for a little while. I had started doing some transformational work, reading a lot of books, just trying to unlearn things that you kind of take on um, in life as right. a result of like your parents or your upbringing yeah. or your surroundings or your environments. And, you know, I did, I made some pretty drastic changes. Um, I remember I had made a I gave myself a deadline of June 1st of that year that I was no longer going to do things that weren't serving me. Mm. Um, and I, and I, and I did. And then I, I realized that I overcorrected a little bit yeah. too fast. So, you know, June 1st hit, I pretty much freed up all of my time. Um, the things that I would, I basically, my rule, my new rule is just do the opposite of everything that you did before, Wow. which is, uh, you know, everything has its consequences, right? Well, and I think like so many people that I, I've had the opportunity to meet who did something awesome, mm -hmm. right? It, it, that was like born at a place of, of, of darkness, of being uncomfortable with something. Like I know for, for me in, in, in building Case, Case was born at the darkest time in my life. Mm -hmm. Lost my, my dad, lost my best friend, and then the final kicker was my wife. You know, Lana and I split up. And in that mode of just being so uncomfortable, y you can only find clarity in that. Mm -hmm. You know, I would say contrast creates clarity. So who were you, who were you at that time, right? Before, the, before this, like who you've become now. Yeah, I'd say, so, you know, around that time, I was 28 years old. Yeah. Um, I've been an entrepreneur out of the gate. I was the guy selling candy out of his locker yeah. in middle school, selling weed out of his carpool yeah. ring, get anything I can get my hands where'd on. You, where'd you grow up? I grew up in LA. I was okay. born in Detroit. Um, my first 10 years, I lived in Inglewood. My mom moved here, single mom, only child. Wow. Um, no siblings? No. No siblings. Single uh, child. Grandmother came to help kind of like play the father figure. Mom was an entrepreneur, doing the best that she could, running her little business out of our one bedroom apartment. And, um, yeah, man, I think that, you know, came out of, when I came out of school, always a good student, but really, you know, always kind of looking for the shortcut, right. um, always got the good grades, but it's cause I studied with the right people okay. or I would cheat or, you know, I never Do read the book, never did the work, came out of school, um, had some pretty quick success in, you know, in, in my first business, which is in a very, it was a post-production business out of all things. I was wow. renting out post-production equipment, got into production, uh, had some success early, kind of lost it. Um, started, you know, jumping around in the entertainment world, did a quick stint at CAA, which is a talent agency yeah. down here. Um, started working in tech and, you know, so I was kind of a little, a little bit of experimenting in different world. Yeah, things yeah. were happening. I made money, you okay. know, out of the gate pretty early. Um, but I always kind of had an entrepreneurial itch. But I found that my foundation wasn't very strong, mm. right? I hadn't, um, and that always kind of happens, right? Whenever you try to take a shortcut, at some point, it's going to catch up with you. Yeah. So, you know, I you had. Think, um, did you feel like that was part of? the the frustration that you you had you were kind of developing was it about the shortcut i think i just never really took the time to define my purpose okay right i never took the time to truly define what it is that i wanted yeah who it is that i wanted to be what value it is that i wanted mm. to create i thought i could get by on you know um 
going out, being the right. fun party guy, yeah. like which there's look, there's nothing wrong with that, but there needs to be some substance to back that up and some intention and mission, you know. And at a certain point, you know, well, that's I, what we were taught, right? Yeah. We were taught, come up, and that's the life. Yeah, you just gotta come up. Yeah, yeah. Do you remember a moment where? Was it like a defining moment where you're just like, damn, what the hell? Like, I thought this was the answer. I thought the, I thought the career and the car or the whatever. I think there was a series of those. Yeah. I think there's, I think the, it's, it's, it's when you choose to acknowledge those feelings mm -hmm. and those emotions when they come up. I think, you know, more and more once you, once you choose to become aware of whatever you're going through or whatever recurring theme or shortcomings, whether they're in your relationships or your projects or where things seem to, you know, like not, there's always a gap, right? right. And you just are spraying and praying and hoping for something to happen mm. or for someone else to fix something for you when in reality there's some heavy lifting and soul searching that you kind of need to do on yeah. your part. And I don't think I was, you know, wasn't taught to take that responsibility. Yeah. Now, you could credit that to not having a consistent father or a father figure in your life or my life or in just, you know, this, this, uh, projection of perfection right. that society kind of places on us, right? To have everything figured out. Nowadays, everything is kind of set up for you to feel like shit. Yeah. <laughs> you're also, you're constantly scrolling. You're looking at your friend's highlight reels exactly. and com com comparing your low points. So I think all of those things kind of compound. And if you choose to do the work, if you choose to, to do the self-healing, if you choose to come to grips with who you are, define who you want to be and take the steps to bridge that gap, um, that, that's, like a, that's a journey worth pursuing. Yeah, man. And you, you put something on Facebook or somewhere in referencing your pops that hit me yeah. a lot. Do you remember what that was about? Probably. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, during that transitional period that I referred to earlier, um, I'll kind of fill in the, the, the story there. So that June 1st hit, I started doing everything like, just kind of like, you know, with the hopes that everything would kind of land. So like, I've never been in a real relationship. I like jumped into the first person yeah. that I had a crush on. Right. Um, I didn't even know what that meant. Uh, I opened this, I, I got into this, the, the restaurant business. Yeah. I was like, I like sports. I like to drink. Right. I like the Lakers. I want to get in the sports bar yeah. business. And then, you know, of course, whenever you start something, there's a whole bunch of shit that it, goes towards building it and maintaining it and right. ensuring that it's successful. I met my father for the first time. Wow. Um, that was that August. Um, so I had all these, I was doing a lot in a very short period of time. And then, you know, what goes up must come down. So, right. um, you know, towards the end of the year, right around the time when I met you, I, th I actually remember that wedding very vividly mm -hmm. because of how I felt. Right. Um, I was kind of at this breaking point. Um, and, you know, I would all, I'm always the guy. I would always go places, be smart, funny, whatever it is that I needed to be to, you know, get people to accept me or right. want me or like, but it's, it was, it was starting to become increasingly difficult mm. and I was wearing my darkness, right? Yeah. Which wasn't really like me, but I was faking the funk for so long. And I right. would use, you know, alcohol or whatever, or women as a way to externally validate me. So um, the pops thing was crazy because, yeah, I mean, I had, I had reached out to him and it was like, a, you know, I'm 28, you know, these are what, you know, the, some of the shortcomings that I was describing earlier. Um, I know who my mom is, right? right. She's not a perfect parent. I, I now that we're both adults, I have an understanding of what behaviors that I have programmed inside of me as a result of her being my mother and the work that I have to do to unravel them. Right. But I had no understanding of who the other person was that was responsible yeah. for my existence. So I, I chose to go on that journey. Um, Would you, know. you? I feel like I remember reading something, and I just remember. It it grabbed a lot of people. It yeah. grabbed me for sure. I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah. You know, because I had a similar kind of relationship with my dad. Yeah. What was, what, what did you learn through reconnecting with your pops? Yeah. Um, I think forgiveness is probably the most important thing. You know, it's, it may sound a little cliche, but everything cliche has its foundation in something yeah. that's true and real. So, 
You know, it's, it's interesting because um, I just talked to my dad this past Friday, mm. and it's as I and I and I I just I just got married this past Friday. Yeah, dude. And I had talked to my dad about three hours before I got married, but when I was talking to him, I had no idea that I was getting married wow. that day. Um, and it was gnarly because I I pick up the phone when he calls. Right. I have a good attitude yeah. when he calls. I answer his questions. I ask him how he's doing. I have boundaries on what I'm willing to share sure. right now. Um, my theory is that he's kind of at the end of his road and mm. he's having a lot of regret. And I think that I'm still holding on to a certain aspect of resentment because of all of the struggle that my mom had to go through, right. all of the trauma that she went through while she was pregnant with me due to physical violence, emotional abuse, all of the trauma that she's still carrying, right. all of the stuff that, you know, like she doesn't have the benefit or the uh, of the work that I've put in mm. to continue on this journey of um, who it is that I, I'm destined to become. So forgiveness for me... You know, I can't say that I'm fully forgiven him, yeah. but actually talking through this right now, I, I think, you know, it's time because right. what is the, what's the point, right? What's yeah, the, man. so it's, um, you know, it's tricky when you always, when you got to be the bigger person, but 100%. it never, you never regret it. Yeah. And you, there, you, there's always the feeling where, you know, once, once the show's over, you, you know, you're either going to tell yourself, I wish I would have. Oh, I'm glad I did. You know, I unfortunately tell myself a lot of, I wish I would have. Because two years before my dad passed, we disconnected. You know, because of his drinking and how he had been. And I think back of, if I could do it over, I would have just let him be who he was. Mm -hmm. But, you know, we, I think with our parents especially, we make so much of who they are about us mm -hmm. you know we expect our parents to be these superheroes mm -hmm. and they were just doing the best that they could with what they knew you know yeah and and the same goes for every other relationship yeah, we have with exactly. our part with our spouses or our girlfriends boyfriends partners friends business associates customers vendors it's all everyone's watching their own movie that's it man you know and um it's something that you constantly want and need to remind yourself yeah it makes it makes things a lot easier when you don't take things so personally and you 100%, start to dude. yeah 100 yeah. so we meet around that time uh in that same year and at your crib you come up with this idea to feed some people yeah how'd you how'd you come up with that so right around when we met um you know it had to be right there it was um one of my weekly therapy sessions my therapist was getting really concerned about me and she had suggested that i go see a psychiatrist okay and um she thought it would be a good idea for me to start taking something for my depression sure and you know i i i believe that you know that has a place for some people and it may be effective but from my experience you know my mother suffers from depression she's addicted to her mm. uh or not addicted but she can't get off get waned off of her medication yeah. and she's still not particularly happy um and i've just had a lot of experiences with people i've dealt a lot of people with suicide i had five friends in five consecutive years take their own life wow. um all from different Jeez. paths all from different time periods just coincidentally and a lot of them shared a similar personality to mine so i couldn't you know help but understand why um she was getting concerned yeah um so i politely you know declined and i asked for something else and she told me that i should go out and volunteer wow and i thought that was the dumbest shit i had ever heard yeah because i'm like wait i went to catholic school i had to do me i had my community service hours that i had to do I was pretty involved in college. I did a bunch of community service. I didn't see the connection. Um, but I added it to my to-do list, and I just never really got around to it. So on Thanksgiving, um, a friend of mine called me and said, hey, I, uh, I, I signed us up for this soup kitchen downtown. Would you want to come with me? And I was like, great. I need to knock this out. Yeah. Like, it's a, like it's an action item that okay. I've been kind of putting off. So I went, and um, my experience was pretty Blah. Blah. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it was the way that it was set up. I'm kind of controlling mm. when it comes to vibes and experiences. The the way the, the volunteers were treating 
the people that they were feeding, the way that the people the, the people that were being fed were being herded like cattle, the wow. way that the the mayor comes, does a speech, feeds a person, takes a photo, hops on his town's car, and, and then all the while I'm like, how dare I feel the way? Then I started feeling what guilty from my feeling yeah. of despair when I had so much to be grateful for, yeah. so much to be present for, and then that just puts you in this really dangerous, uh, slippery slope of just perpetuating negative thinking. So, you know, that comes and goes. I go back to uh, Carol is the therapist's name. Let's give her a name. I'm like, Carol, I need something else. That shit didn't work. So <laughs> she's like, I don't know what else to tell you. So, um, you know, it was the fast forward. I lived with my my boy at the time, J-Dub. Yeah. Our friend J.D. Uh, it's Christmas Eve. Uh, they both came to the house and they just on their own. Uh, bought a bunch of toys. I went to Target, bought a bunch of toys, and went, what are you guys doing? Right. And they're like, we're going to wrap these toys, and we're going to take them to Children's Hospital. So I jump in with them. Start. We start, you know, like, just hanging out, right. wrap, inefficiently wrapping toys. I uh, head down to the Children's Hospital with all, like, these toys, and they're like, oh, you can't give them to the kids, but you can leave them under the tree. Mm. So we're kind of like, that sucks, you know, yeah, like, not that we were looking for, cancer. but yeah, it just, yeah. but it, you know, in our head, we didn't want to experience yeah. it. So, um, you know, unbeknownst to everyone else, my personal thing that I'm going through. So that Christmas morning, uh, I woke up, I was waking up early. I couldn't really sleep. I wake up and I was like, I'm like, I really got to be more proactive about this volunteer mm. thing. So, but again, now it's Christmas morning. This is now day two of two of designated giving days. A year, right? It's kind of like, interesting, though, that as that spark was put in your mind, that these opportunities started to show up to do exactly. 100%. Wow. Yeah. So um, can't identify an opportunity. So I'm like, I'm just going to go to the grocery store. Um, I decided that I wanted to feed 100 people. I was going to fill up. Uh, I was going to make lunches with things that. I would have wanted as a middle school or like a hearty lunch that my mom would have made me for school. Well, what I was reading on the site, it said something about how like you, 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 the goal is to like create a lunch that make the other kids jealous. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's got a note yeah, in the it. The gushers, the bomb cheese yeah. and turkey and bread yeah. and snacks and candy and water and Capri Suns. And right out of the gate, was the note a part of it? Because I noticed in, in what you do is like there's a little a little message. Yeah. In there. So the I think everything kind of just happened. Yeah. And then we set an intention okay, for it as it. we kept doing it. So, you know, I got home. Um, JD had spent the night. He was crashed on the couch. Uh, JW got up. We just kind of all jumped in. It wasn't like a thing. The goal wasn't to create like a movement. It was literally like just, let's just, do, just this. do something. Were you thinking that you were going to do the 100 lunches totally by yourself? I figured they'd probably want to jump in. Okay. Like, I wasn't a, I really wasn't thinking at all. Yeah. Um, I just did it. Yeah. So uh, they got up. We all jump in. We start listening. We start drinking champagne. We start listening to rap music. I think we watched, like, DMX sing Rudolph <laughs> the Red-Nosed Reindeer. And then uh, I think Jada was actually the one who started writing Merry Christmas on the car, on okay. the bags. And that's, I think that was actually the genesis of the notes. Uh, so we, you know, a few friends hit us up. Uh, Merry Christmas. What are you doing? Oh, we're doing this. Come through if, you're, if, you, if you want. Ended up having, like, a little mini party. Fun. Hopped in the cars. Headed to the west side. Drove around the city looking for anybody that just looked like they wanted or needed a meal or some, like, human right, connection. Yeah. And we were in, like such a good mood super happy That's engaging cool. treat like it was all not like you know it was immersed in the experience so you know naturally we shared our experience on our so on our each of our personal social medias and uh it jokingly tagged it with hashtag hashtag lunch bag right uh we spelled the word hashtag out because we were making fun of hashtags yeah, yeah, yeah. Rhymed with lunch well that's kind of funny though yeah. cause like 2011 2012 it yeah. was still like new Hashtag. Yeah, and yeah. people weren't, we were making fun of people because they don't know how to use them properly, you know, so. Putting the space after the yeah, hashtag. Yeah, yeah, So we were, um, we just shared it. And we got an overwhelming response. Friends, followers, wow. calls, texts, emails. Like, that looked like so much fun. That was amazing. Let us know the next time you do it. And the, the Let us January. know. I've never heard of this organization. Um, and then this is like, in my mind, I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm cured. 
Right. I'm one and done. Carol told me to do it. I yeah. did it. I feel it. I'm good. Right. Of course, that's a fleeting feeling. Just like you go to the gym to exercise and maintain your physical fitness and health, you have to exercise these more these values and kindness and compassion and empathy regularly to exercise and service your mind. So did you go back to Carol and give her some feedback like, hey, that shit worked? Yeah, I did. I mean, we, we, we talked about it, but we got such a overwhelming feedback. We're like, yeah, that was fine. I mean, we're, and we're the party guys. Right. So like, you want to have a good time, you hit us up. We'll make sure you have a good time. But this was like a different kind of good time. For sure. So we, uh, we ran it back. All these people hit us up. We'll see like, why not? Let's do it again. You did like, like a month later, didn't yeah, you? a month later, 10 people show up to the house. We make 200 meals. Um, JD brings uh, his little GoPro. And he shoots together like a super amateur video, throws it, throws like, I think like a LCD sound system yeah. song on it and puts it up on YouTube. And we all like tweet it out and we start getting some like retweets and like some people have like a lot of followers. Right. So we're like, oh, we should build a website just so we don't have to explain it. Exactly. And at this point, we're like, we want to do this at the end of every month. This is just something that we do. And then my little secret is this is my way to service whatever wow. I'm going through. Right. That was never a part of the story. It was never about me. It still isn't about me, yeah. but it's just as, as we're kind of building this thing out. So build a basic website, worst Indian ever. I could barely like force quit an app, but did my best <laughs> to building like a site on Wix. And it said, some friends wanted to give back, didn't know how. This is what we did. Here's five steps on how you can do it yourself. That's tight. Um, shopping list, musical playlist. So right out, right out of the gate, that was a part of the site and the, 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 the experience is like, Hey, like this isn't our baby. This is yeah. everybody's. Yeah. Here's how we did it. Here's what we did. Go and do it. Yep. Yeah. So then, uh, the following month, you know, it, it was that February happened to be my birthday and mm. I was like, I want to make this my birthday party. So I go to the guys and I'm like, can we do this for my birthday? They're like, sure. I'm like, let's up the number. Let's make a thousand. And we're, everyone's like, oh, that's a lot. Yeah. Like, what are, we, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, we'll, we'll do it at this spot. So we did it here. Yeah. And um, 100 people showed up. Wow. 100 people. We had a sandwich making station. Uh, the, the point was to make a sandwich you would actually want to eat. Or as if you're making it for somebody mm. that you love or you care about. Um, we had a lunch bag drawing art station inspiration station love note writing station bagging station we would had a dj we were doing dance breaks hug a stranger break awkward staring all these things to what we now look at as creating connection right amongst everyday people just like us in like a completely different safe environment mm. so you know uh and we started doing this every month and then after every event i would look at the hashtag just to see the photos that people were posting and then I started seeing photos in other cities. How long before you saw somebody do a hashtag lunch bag like that wasn't wasn't like directly connected to you guys? Three months. Three months from the day that we started. Where that, was it? Where was the first one? Do you remember? Boulder, Colorado. Boulder. So JD's soccer coach. Okay. From when he was a kid, saw what JD was doing on Facebook, and during his commute to work, would on his bicycle would prepare 20 lunches and hand them to homeless veterans wow. on the way. And we're like, that's kind of dope. Like, look at what we did. That was yeah. enough. We're like, that's so cool that somebody did that. And then we look up and we'd be like, Oh, like my boy from college in right. San Diego, my homegirl in New York, a complete stranger in Chicago, you Damn. know? So like, Nine months in, we're in like 40 cities. Wow. And it's all off. And we're excited because it's like, you know, you know, when you create as an entrepreneur. For sure. You see that sale, grow. You create like it's still like, wow, this is something completely different. And you're DMing people. You get on the phone with them. You're helping them. You're figuring stuff out together. And uh, yeah, man, it was it was pretty cool to see that. And That's all the awesome, while, Carol dude. is like, I told you to go volunteer, <laughs> not like start a whole yeah. other thing. I'm Do like, you still see Carol? No, no, I don't. I need to see Carol. Though. Just tell I need, her what's I up. I can go back. <laughs> what have been some of the most like memorable experiences? It's been six years now, well over 100 cities, right? Like what have been some of the most memorable experiences? My very, I think from the very first time, I have an experience that's kind of been burned into my brain and constantly... Kind of with, with Keith, this is a tough journey to also because we're now maintaining and creating it for so many other people. Yeah. That it, the, the utility that services our own or my own 
purpose sometimes gets put on the back burner because for the greater cause. But the very first time I remember I lost my group and I was just kind of walking on Venice Beach by myself. I had two meals left in my hand and I saw this woman who looked like she could have been homeless mm. or and but I, you know, I just kind of said, fuck it and approached I'm like, excuse me, ma'am, are you hungry? And she looked up at me and she smiled. She goes, I was literally just wondering where I was going to get my next meal from. Wow. And here you are. I'm like, well, you look at that, you know? So um, I was hungry. So I had two lunches. I was like, can I eat with you? So she's like, sure. So I sit down on the grass with her on like the little thing of grass in front of the sand. And, you know, she's like, can I ask you for a favor? Do you have a phone? I'm like, yeah. She's like, can you tell me what the weather's going to be like? Over like the the next the ten day forecast, right. I'm like, of course, another thing that I take for granted. The yeah, ability to just you know, so you know, I'm going through this weather, probably like a five minute interaction, and then like we're done, and I like get up and walk away. So here we are, guys. AJ created this thing with his friends, and it's growing and it's moving. You guys ever like dive into a project? without even necessarily knowing what's going to happen with it. You're just kind of having fun. And then it grows into something bigger. This is really what's happening at this point in the story with AJ. And this is where it gets really good. This is where it all makes sense. Everything he's been doing, it all comes down to this moment right here. And I believe that in this moment right here, the impact that this moment had changed AJ's life forever. Let's dial back in and listen to the thing that happened that changed it all. And as I'm walking away, she grabs me and I'm like, shit, right? My mind automatically goes. And she, I look down on her and I'm like, keeping it cool. I'm like, yes. She goes, thank you for acknowledging my humanity. Wow. And that just, I'm yeah. like, till when I tell that story, I can feel yeah. like I can feel it, right. you know, and that feeling is a feeling that I wanted everybody to wow. feel constantly. Yeah. And then as we progress and you start hearing more of other people's stories, yeah. you're like, how do you recreate, how do you scale that feeling? Right. And that's the challenge. That's what you guys did. It was this experience of being present with people. But how do you bottle up that feeling and scale it in your everyday life with Mm. everybody that you come into contact with? Yeah. And the conclusion that we came to is when you integrate this service oriented mentality in everything that you do in any interaction, what how are you providing value? How are you? You know, not at the not at the expense of yourself and your own livelihood and your own well-being. Um, that's what living through giving to me yeah. and to us means. How has it affected the rest of your life, right? Because you got you have Parlor, mm-hmm. you have Hilltop, which started how long ago? Hilltop started in August, so three months ago. Okay, three months ago. Four months ago. You're married. You got a two-year-old little one. You got one on the way. Right? How has it just affected the rest of your life? I always say that giving has given me everything that I've got. There's literally, I can trade all of the things that are in my life right now that I, you know, I still, I'm not 100% perfect yeah. or cured, or I'm not saying that I don't have to deal with any of the struggles that I had with before, but it takes me a lot shorter amount of time to bounce back from some shit, you know? Um, Why? I think because of the perspective that wanting to constantly add value, create win-win situations Mm. for you and whoever else, whatever the situation is, um, it really just kind of gives you the peace of mind. It it, it forces you, it just automatically makes you a better person. It makes you better to be around. It makes people want to look out for you more and create more opportunity for you. Um, People tend to you know, want to work with you or want to build with you or create something meaningful with you. It removes a lot of friction from the bullshit that people, you know, you know this yeah. as an entrepreneur doing your running your own business. Well, yeah. For you, like, what does the foundation of giving do you mean? The foundation of giving. I think that 
if I look at my personal mission and if I can lead by example of, you know, to show that, look, I'm not, I didn't quit my life. I think the myths around, you know, what we do or doing anything good for that matter means that you have to quit your life and become a social worker. Or you have to be super paid so you can buy that expensive ticket to that fancy fundraiser gala. Right. And there's nothing really in between. Right. So giving to me, I think, is a foundational element as is something that I constantly ask myself in every conversation, every room, every table that I'm sitting at is what value can I create, mm-hmm. right? Whether it's for somebody who can do nothing for me in return what value can I create? Yes. Period is given. Period. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, as an overarching theme in the last six years, my life has slowly shifted towards that mentality. And I've attracted some of the best people, most quality people in my life. People that I get to work. I work with the best people, the most kind, the most considerate, the hardest working. And look, I'm not. Um, you know, you don't have to not like you can still be who it is that you are. Yeah. You can still be an imperfect. You can still have your vices. You know, you can still you know what I mean? You can still it just it becomes a core foundational element of or has become a core foundational element of who I am. That's awesome, dude. That's awesome. What do you think are because this thing's now growing with or without you, yeah, right. What do you think are some of the keys to growing a movement that 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 spreads even when you're gone? I think the keys to creating a movement that spreads after you're gone are consistency, right? I think it's cons- uh, establishing a, a cadence for what it is that you're doing. M- most importantly, setting the intention for the why you're doing what you're doing. Mm. Um, Keeping the mission, the mission, keeping your why, your why. Maintaining that, making sure that you're acknowledging every single person that's participating at every single level, whether in this case they're taking the initiative and time and effort and energy and money to create their own experience in their local community, or they're just somebody who wants to follow along on Instagram and like a photo. Yeah. but it's, it's, it's constantly, you know, whatever the movement is, like I think for us, it's, you know, the consistency of doing it monthly here in LA, um, acknowledging who we are, who our social capital is, who we have access to, the diversity of mm. people that we know that we're giving, presenting to the value point, an opportunity to get involved, um, not force feeding it to anybody, setting it up in a way where people are coming to their own conclusion about, what brought them there in the first place, how they're feeling when they're leaving and how they can take that as a catalyst to integrate into their everyday life. But it's, it's, it's like any other marketing and branding exercise, really. It's yeah. teaching people how to think about and talk about what it is that you're doing and making sure that it's something that can work, like mm. providing people and leadership ultimately, which is everything, as you know. Well, and there's a lot of talk is about like work grind right now. You know, yeah. I feel like you hear that a lot, and you know, you you mentioned the word intention. What do you think is the difference between that hard work, that hustle, that grind, yeah. and setting a powerful intention? Um, I'm sorry. I th- I think the uh, I mean, having been on both sides of the coin, I think that you know. Um, when you're coming from a, a hustle grind mentality, you're focused on the what, mm. right? It's and that's ten times out of ten something material, something that you'll probably achieve that may not necessarily get you what it is that you think that you're looking for. Mm. And then when you're moving forward with intention, your true north is your purpose. And is your why. Yeah. And it's a lot harder to move forward with intention and purpose because it requires you to lay the groundwork of convincing yourself and the people that you need to enroll into your journey with you of your why. Yeah. And making that why their why 
as well, right? Um, so there's a certain element of leadership and reward. You know, it's a lot more difficult to have a purpose, I think. Yeah. Um, because, you know, you'll, you'll create your values and your pillars from which you're making your decisions on what to do next. Right. And when you have those, you're more likely to say no more often than not. Mm. Whereas when you're just trying to hustle, you're just kind of throw, throwing everything at the wall and seeing what sticks. Yeah. Know? And I feel a lot as well, like when you're just hustling or grinding uh, and you're just focused on that what, that's you're chasing so much of a, of a moment, of a thing. And everybody knows at that moment, once you get there, all you do is that you ask yourself, okay, Okay, yeah. well, 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 what's next? It's not sustainable, yeah. yeah. Whereas really building on, like you said, your purpose, the why, that's something that's going to last forever. Yep. Yeah, that's awesome, man. I wanted to ask you, like, anytime I think you, you, you've taken on so many different things, you've got all these, like, working things from hilltop to parlor, hashtag, I think when, when taking on anything new and you don't know exactly how it looks, there's an element of self-doubt, worry, fear. What have been some of your methods to, 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 to overcoming that self-doubt and, and increasing belief? Sure. I mean, that monster rears its head. You know, the more you do, the more it you know, tries to creep into your mind so it's, it's extremely important to take care of yourself right I think for me personally um, you know exercise eating right more often than not or trying to yeah um, meditation is something that I've picked up in the last few years that I can honestly tell you I can feel in my being when I miss a day. Mm. Um, if I, if I'm for whatever reason, something comes up in the morning and I'm not able to get in my 20 minutes, it completely throws me out of whack. Wow. Um, reading, right. Playing with my kid. Yeah. Um, things that kind of force you to be present, which is still something that I struggle with because either I'm, you know, I think as human beings, especially in this day and age, you know, there's that anxiety that you create from constantly worrying about the future, but then you're still, you know, crying over spilt milk yeah. or about some shit that you can't really change. So, you know, I think, again, ongoing struggle for me, but I, I have found um, that truly taking the time to acknowledge the things that are going right, to celebrating your small wins, yeah. you know, something that is probably the hardest thing for me to do. But a good friend of mine just recently reminded me of that. And that's kind of been a consistent theme in the back of my mind just for like the last couple of weeks. So yeah. and then, you know, acknowledging the people that are w along your journey with you um, is key. So I think that and then the second piece is, you know, it's just it's just for me, it's just being grateful and present. That's awesome, man. And then only through that, you know. There's only one way to go, right? 100%. It's one of the foundations that we, we teach at Project Mindset is the seven equities. The seven equities are mind, body, soul, family, friends, then business and money. Mm -hmm. And we always try to encourage people to ball out in the first five. Ball out in the first five. Yeah. Ball out in your mind. Ball out in your spirit. Ball out physically. Get yeah. as rich as possible mentally, physically, spiritually, especially if you could work on those first three before talking to any human beings throughout the day, then going and, and pouring into your family and connecting with people. You show up to work, you're already balling. Yeah. You don't even need the money. Yeah. And that's when it comes versus what we see so many other people do is they just they put, put, they put all their happiness, all their joy on their work, their yeah. career, the status, the car, the followers, whatever. You get it. It's like, this shit doesn't make me happy. I think that's actually a, a key point, too, that you just hit. Because you hear all these stories. You know, I have a lot of faith in humanity, mm -hmm. right? There's a really interesting period of time. And I know a lot of people turn on the TV and they see a lot of terrible shit going on. Yeah. But it's like, I think that you hear so many stories of people on their deathbed. And what is one thing that you wish that you did? Yeah. You know, and it's all, everybody says the same. Nobody gives a shit Just about make a little the bit more hustle, money. <laughs> the grind, Always, the material family. shit, the hustle. Yeah. The yeah, all of that. And it's like, what did you 
what did you leave? How'd you make people feel? Yeah. You know, and I think that, you know, I, I always, I, 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 I don't, I say this a lot internally, but I think there's an interesting emotional revolution that's going on right mm. now. And I think that people are starting to see how cool it is to work on themselves. Yeah. How cool it is to be kind. You see brands being more, you know, um, conscious, whether it's because they are obligated to because everybody else is and it gives them a marketing edge or they authentically have a mission that they want to do. So um, I think all of these things are happening. I think that kids, these like younger people, maybe I'm in a bubble living in a, you know, a coastal city, but I genuinely believe that. Or maybe you're making a bubble of people who are inspired to practice living through giving. Yeah. It's a dope bubble. Yeah. Yeah. I like this bubble a lot. It's fun. Yeah. What is unconditional giving taught you? Unconditional giving. It's, it's honestly, it's, it's taught me that it's like when Nike, one of my favorite brands, right? Phil Knight's, one of his first statements was, if you can walk, if you can walk, you can run, or if you can run, you're an athlete, or something like that. I'm probably butchering it. I guess I'm not that big of a fan of <laughs> But I look at it like, it. If, you're, if you're breathing, and if you have the ability to, you know, like, demonstrate that you can do something um, outside of yourself, um, and the more you choose to kind of exercise that muscle of mm. excellence, um, you have the ability to live a long, happy life. Yeah. Um, and I've found that that's become the key ingredient to my happiness. Mm. And, you know, whenever people talk about this idea of there's no such thing as true altruism or what is altruism, and, you know, it took me a while to even come to the grips of my own, but who cares? Yeah. You know, like who cares if it makes you feel good? And that's something that people, you know, like you might look at something that people, and I encourage people share the good that you're doing, share the kind experiences that you witness because you never know who's watching and who can kind of tweak their viewpoint and perspective about some shit that they're going through in their life. That's awesome, dude. Well, final question I wanted to ask you because you guys just started Right, you, like you just started it and you did it. I, I imagine with with Hilltop, you just started it and you, you did it. Parlor, just start. You just you started it, and I think for so many people, there's a fear of falling on your face. So the question, final question was, why do you think it's actually necessary to fall on your face in order to create something legendary? Um, well, if you're not falling on your face, you're not doing it right, yeah. right? I mean, it's not necessarily fun while you're falling. Right. Um, but, you know, what's the saying? It's like fall, fall once, get up twice. I'm terrible, know, I'm terrible at these or yeah, whatever. Yeah, but it's... from experience. Yeah. <laughs> I think that if you don't fall, like, it's just like, you know, you got kids, I got a young daughter, you got to eat shit. Yeah. If I'm like protecting you from falling off the bed or on the couch, like, of course mm-hmm. I'm not going to push you, but if for whatever reason, like you need to learn, like just like we as entrepreneurs, as ambitious people, the only way, the quicker you fail, yeah. the quicker you learn, hopefully, as long as your intention is to learn and not looking at it like, woe is me, I took another L, what's wrong with yeah. me? Yeah, and if you're continually looking for what is the lesson, I said this uh, earlier this year that the the... The reward of the win is many times not as great as the lesson in the L. Mm-hmm. Reward's great when you yeah. win, sweet. Yeah. But the times I'm like, really? This person did this to me? That really yeah. stings. But the value of that happening carries on so much further than if the deal closed and I right. got a check or whatever. Yeah. And then the win without the work doesn't feel as exciting, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, like, or shouldn't feel as exciting, right? I mean, it's like you. There's no better feeling than having an idea and taking all the necessary steps to bring that idea to life. And if the vision that you had when you first had that spark of inspiration and the vision that 
and, and what came to life as a result of all the work that you put in, which no doubtedly uh, included a lot of mistakes, a lot of failure, a lot of missteps. Um, it's not as rewarding. Yeah. The reward is in the work. It's the reward, you know, it's just that. It's what the hilltop actually represents. It's yeah. a, it is a metaphor for all of our goals, mm. all of our obstacles, all of this shit that we need to overcome on a daily basis to get to where we need to go. Um, we just happen to sell coffee, so we want you to come and get some coffee for your climb. Yeah. Yeah. My man. Inspired, dude. Really appreciate you taking the time. I think we did it, dude. Oh, we did it. Thank you. I appreciate keep, it. Keep, keep it moving. We're watching. Any final final words or thoughts? Just be a nice person. Yeah. <laughs> Don't be a dick. <laughs> That's you know. Go go through your life, and uh, you know everything's gonna be all right. I appreciate you, brother. Project mindset. AJ Fresh. We're out of here. That's it, guys. Project Mindset, episode 13. Thank you so much to my dude, AJ Rolland, a.k.a. AJ Fresh, a.k.a. the ultimate giver. Dude, you've inspired the world. You've inspired all of us. And as always, I got a question for everybody. I don't have three this time. I only got one because it really, this whole story just embodies this one question. And... I really like the part where AJ said that living through giving is not about like shutting your whole business down and going to work for the Red Cross uh, in another country. And number two, it's not about waiting till you're a multimillionaire and you could cut these huge monstrous checks at like some charity gala. It's about doing what you can with what you have with whatever resources you may have, whether it be a dollar or a bagged lunch. And simply, just like his therapist recommended, simply fulfilling your life through giving, right? They One of my favorite quotes is that the best way to find yourself is to l lose yourself in the service of others. The best way to find yourself is to lose yourself in the service of others. Or another thing that makes me think of AJ is, we hear the quote, we make a living by what we get. We make a life by what we give. So the question that I have for you is, if you were to have a thing in your life that you would give to other people, what would it be? What resources would you give? Take some time to think about that and take some time to think about how it might impact your life if you had this aspect of giving on a consistent basis. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to Project Mindset this week. As always, sharing is caring. If you're getting something from this, post it up. Tell us what you're learning. Tell us how you're growing from this. And of course, we are releasing this on december the 24th christmas eve kp and i are wishing everybody a very merry christmas as we're recording this kp is actually wearing a santa claus hat he is the real life filipino santa claus so guys truly from the bottom of our hearts thank you so much for tuning in for listening this has been a wild ride with all of you and we're just getting started so hope everybody's having a great holiday season with their family we look forward to bringing you more inspiration thank you for tuning in to the most uplifting podcast on the planet we'll talk to you soon